Welcome to the December 15th edition of the PFF Forecast. This is going to be a great episode. We're going to go over the week 15 slate. We've got a new segment sponsored by Target. You're going to love it. Eric brought some heat for it, so prepare yourselves. And uh, we'll pick a lock of the week. And then we've decided we're going to do recommendations. I think I'm just springing that on Eric for the first time, but we will do recommendations at the end of the podcast. Let's rock. All right. Uh, before we get started, a reminder, Christmas season is coming and you can get a PFS subscription for 25% off promo code forecast. It also, we're, we have a pretty heated uh, competition between the podcasts. The NFL podcast has numbers on us, right? Because they have larger listenership, but we, our listeners are the more dynamic, the more resourceful uh, and I have faith that we will catch up. So promo code forecast, 25% off. It's a great gift. Get all of PFS locked article content plus zero to 100 grades uh, weekly and all of the betting tools. That includes the best bets tool, which is really easy. You can pick it up, use it on your phone. I guess my favorite part about it. I don't have to like zoom in to use it um, and see all props, sides, totals, and money line bets in one place. That's fantastic. Plus the player props tool, plus green line, the betting dashboards, plus the power rankings tool uh, and the DFS optimizer with 25% off at pff.com with promo code forecast. Also, if you're if you're just looking for something free that you want to do this holiday season, there's also this. We'd love to hear more about what you like and what you want more of. So email us at contact, C-O-N-T-A-C-T at pff.com uh, and let us know what your favorite PFF feature is. What do you love most on pff.com? And then what do you want most to see on pff.com? We'll put it on the wish list for 2022. Uh, all right. We're going to introduce a new segment to kick this off. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. I thought we were going to bring back analytical edging, but apparently not. That, when was the last time that we did that? I mean, 18. She said you have to be Super Bowl champions. Should we tell I feel like we should maybe remind there we have some new listeners to that. We also have some OGs who will remember. Look, this podcast is far from fantastic yet. We're getting there. Every step, every day, a little bit closer. But back when we started doing this, we were trying to come up with really like interesting segments. And one of them was called analytical edging. And one of us would read the other a statement or a tweet or like a piece of an article about something that was quote analytical that people freaked out about and the other person would react accordingly. <laughs> we need to go find, we should go find those and listen to them. I think one of them was like a tweet by like Pat Thorman who was talking about most, legend uh, on huddled rates in, this, in the Super Bowl between the Eagles and Pats. That's how long mm -hmm. ago it was. I remember that one specifically. I remember speed score being speed one, score was definitely one that really got us up. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, this this segment is uh, sponsored by Target. It is the uh, the take of the week, sponsored by Target. And you actually you actually have two takes. I'm gonna I don't, I'll let you decide which one you want to get first. My first take is 
that closing well so for one closing line value is more it obviously matters over a big sample mm-hmm. i think this season though my take my target take of the week is early betting is not as maybe not important is the wrong word but not as advantageous advantageous it's not something er, betting early is not necessarily something you should prize because of all the uncertainty that COVID-19 is giving us again this year. I, but I don't think it's – so, again, I think I think we should rethink what early betting is at the NFL and college level and not, and and reevaluate sort of our, our opinions, at least for this one year. I think, in general, the Sharps – you know, the hammer, the numbers into place. And if you get ahead of the number, you're going to win. This year, people who have gotten ahead of the number, as our colleague Robbie Greer said on Twitter, you're getting hammered. And uh, a lot of that's noise, obviously. Um, but a lot of that is also COVID-related stuff. Um, and COVID-related stuff is literally the random walk of the NFL. So um, whereas line movements are generally speaking in the direction of efficiency i think the line movements here like the raiders going from seven point dog or six and a half point dogs we bet them by the way we bet this six and a half on monday so but now they're one and a half point favorites that has nothing to do with how sharp you and me are mm-hmm. not yeah. zero yep. right so like to me i think that that's like something that um you know we need to reevaluate this year yeah it's really interesting and i was surprised by this um closing line value you know to give a sense of like what that is Eric and I get really excited if we place a bet on a team plus, you know, uh, two and a, or three and a half on Monday and it's down to, you know, plus three or plus two and a half on uh, Wednesday or Thursday because, you know, all of a sudden you've gobbled up, you know, 8% or so of uh, probability of winning that bet. And that's that's value that you're getting on the closing line because you've snapped up a number that won't be available for the rest of the week. And it's really interesting because like when you pointed this out to me, I was I was like concerned because we were looking at our own model and we were looking at like how much closing line value we're getting. I was like, why? Like, how are we winning but not getting closing line value? George is referring to PFF Green Line, which against Tuesday numbers is basically in the NFL up like 27 units or so. College is like 30. Against close, it's a little less than that. But we are getting like negative closing line value on those picks. And so obviously there's like a little bit of an issue um, there. Um, that's what George's referring to. Not necessarily our picks on Monday morning, which have been hit or miss. But. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with closing line value. Where at the beginning of the season, and this is also interesting, at the beginning of the season, that was something that I felt had more consistency. And we've seen as the season has gone on, it's been a lot harder to kind of, you know, figure out like where the line is going to move. And I think a lot of that obviously is is the COVID stuff. I, I guess a question that I have in thinking about this is, okay, so, so what? So like what going forward, especially seeing how many teams right now are just getting totally destroyed mm-hmm. by COVID. I mean, it's nice to have a model, obviously, like when the players, you know, are on the COVID reserve list, like that factors in the models, you can get those on pff.com, of course. Um, but like, how do you how do you react now? Yeah. So historically, like you know, um, models like like Massey Peabody, 
um, did really well in NFL and college football. And I think the reason for that was because most betters who were sharp but didn't have a model were sort of overreacting to injuries. And Massey Peabody come in more of a top-down model, did factor in quarterbacks. And essentially they would get – they would sort of like capture, I think, the overreaction to things. And they would do well – by, by by selling the overreaction. And then people have come in and like folks like, you know, Rob Pizzola and, and people we respect and, uh, you know, would have player level models and they've been able to sort of squeeze more value out of the market. And, you know, that's made some top-down models less effective. Um, I think in this sense, what you're getting now is like the top, the, the bottoms up models might not be able to fully capture what the effect of COVID is. Um, because there are correlations between players. If you have cluster injuries, especially now, where you have oftentimes multiple players within a position group getting COVID at the same time. Um, so uh, the one thing that I said, I said this on the BetQL show today, was sort of like what I think you should do in early early marketplaces is look at the line and say, okay, what? let's assume random, complete randomness. Which side of the bet is going to have is going to benefit the most from variance. And we, you know, obviously we didn't think this way um, when we bet Raiders plus six and a half on Sunday night. Um, but that was very clearly the Raiders, right? Because, you know, they get six and a half. If, if let's say Derek Carr goes down, like the Browns still are limited at quarterback. They're still, they have a great team, but they're limited at quarterback. Um, and the quarterbacks hurt, right? If the Raiders had to start Marcus Mariota, this thing gets to what nine and a half. Yeah. So you could basically benefit from betting Cleveland by three points if you get some version of what I call fuckery, right? Mm -hmm. If it comes to the other side, right, you've obviously seen the upside there at seven and a half or seven and a half, eight points. So you're you're able to benefit more from noise if you bet the Raiders more right. than the Browns. And I think that that's a way to think. So does it mean just bet underdogs? I don't know, but I do think right now. Where we've gotten caught at times is when we've laid a big price for the team. Even like Green Bay, we we took a 12 and a half on, on uh, Sunday before. They closed at 11. And it's like we still won the bet. Was it a good bet? No, because it closed, it closed shorter than what we bet it at. Like I think that's kind of the ethos moving forward is, is think about if you're going to bet early, think about how asymmetrical – noise applies to this bet mm. and, and bet accordingly. And then for late stuff, either just lay off, right? It's bowl season. You, it's bowl season season. You can bet bowls if you won't want to bet NFL. Um, or bet props. Or bet props or follow something else like like the weather or something like or props. I mean, props are, props are slower to go around and we have a props tool and stuff. So that would be my advice. Yeah. I also think with props, because they come out later – you have more information, obviously, about you know what what is happening, like kind of more directly associated yeah. that player. So if you're thinking about something like you know uh, Justin Justin Jefferson, for example, who should have been uh, a cinch for lock of the week last week, but um, yeah, we'll we'll talk about that later. But you know really directly how that player is being affected. Whereas with kind of all, as you said, the different correlations, the overall outcome of the game can be a little bit harder to, to think about how it's being impacted. The, 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 yeah. And the thing with props is also good too, is there's no equivalent of a bet in the NFL where in baseball, for example, if you bet a game and the pitcher doesn't end up pitching, it's void. 
starting starting quarterback doesn't play, your your bet's still on. And 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 one of the reasons too, by the way, mathematically why people have been getting absolutely murdered closing line value is we have, I believe, three instances that I can think of off the top of my head when closing line value, if you would have won the bet, was like 20%. And that was Cooper Rush taking Dallas for minus two and a half to plus four. That was uh, Kyler Murray's backup, Colt McCoy, taking a couple bets from like three to four, crossing zero. And in all three cases, the team that everybody was betting on because they betting against because they're starting a backup one mm-hmm. right so like that, that those were you know and, and again you can't glean that much information from a couple games but it, you know in in all all the cases it it did kind of feel like you know it did kind of feel like one of those things where the markets were overreacting in all three cases but anyway your second take is much better so we were having a conversation upstairs about shitty wings joints because there are a lot um, and you feel, I couldn't believe this, but you think that wings are just not good. Explain. Of all of the things that I could eat in that situation, wings are very low. Okay. What are those things? Um, okay. So even, talking about? even adding things that could like have sauces, like wings have sauces, mm-hmm. I would rather take like. You know, something like pulled pork. I'd rather take something like... You're just going to eat like straight pulled pork. Well, like in a sandwich or something? A pulled pork sandwich. Okay. Yeah. So pulled pork sandwich is I would even class So, so here's wins. a question. So, and, and I, again, I'm not the food expert here. I'm just explaining my, my feelings. I know. I my know. Feelings. Tell me about your feelings. This is therapy. Would you rather have wings or ribs? Okay. So that is... Now you've really stretched because wings and ribs are... On a different different classes of food, right? Yeah. But like my thing is, so so that that's we've established this, right? Yeah. I'm willing, not as willing anymore, because I'm freaking older and I and I'm ornery. I'm willing to get my hands dirty and eat some ribs. Okay. Mm-hmm. If I'm at a place where oh, wings, I like where this is going. If I'm at a place where wings are like the top thing, I'm already losing. Really. And I don't want to get my hands dirty on wings. Like that's my whole like the dry rub, sure. Like stuff like wow. that. Wow. So a, it's a it's a it's, cleanliness. It, thing. It's 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 a wow. It, it's a it's a not worth the it's not worth the, would you agree with that? Like how high end do wings have to be? And you're a more cleanly, I mean, I'm a clean freak, but you're a bigger clean freak than me. How 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 good does the wing have to be to handle well here's the slippery like the, okay. the stickiness so very and the bullshit. Take. By the way, I'm the kind of guy who um, I gloves. No, I do not do gloves. <laughs> but I like don't I don't like wipe or clean my hands while I'm eating the, uh-huh. the things, you know. So whether it's ribs or wings, because I, I just eat, and when I'm done eating, at yeah. that point I clean, and it's a pain in the ass. That's for sure. Here, this is the thing about wings. Good wings are really freaking good, and are definitely worth it. One hundred percent worth it. Have you ever had good wings? Well, that, that might be my problem. Is like as I've made this ascension. Where, where are the best wings that you've ever had? Uh, I the, if I had them, they were not memorable enough for me to remember. Okay. Like in my ascension from being burgers and fries kid. By the way, love you, dad. Burgers and fries kid. Growing up, that's basically everything I ate at a restaurant until I was like freaking eighteen years okay. old. All right. To a little bit more culture. Mm-hmm. You know, once I, I got to college, every once in a while, Jesus, to like now 
you know, no, like spending a little bit of money on food. I've never in the process of that time been like, man, I'm going to spend a decent chunk of change today. I want rib. I want wings. Sorry. Well, the nice thing is that they generally don't cost a lot. But, that's, I, but even, let me ask you this. Have you ever been to a wing stop? Uh, yeah. Okay. And you didn't like those. Eh, I mean, again, it's like, I mean, those are like, that's like the floor, right? Like, yeah. That's like, yeah. But like, but it was also just that like, was like when I was in college and it was like, Hey, you want to get wings? And we would go get, but it, but it was also just like, lemon pepper. what am I doing here? My hands are dirty. The, the sauce variance is something that you have to figure out. And, and that's what know. I, that's what I said upstairs too, where it's like, you're also just taking a freaking gamble, right? You are, like, you got to know it's good. Um, <laughs> you definitely have to know it's good. I'll say this. I found that the best wings are, it's actually relatively easy to make very, very good wings at home. And that is something that I appreciate. Whereas like ribs, it's obviously a little bit more of a production. Um, I can't believe you. So, like so I salvaged the take, didn't I not? Um, I think we just need to get you some good wings. Okay. But we went to, uh, not you and I, but Austin and I and a group of people at PFF went to a place that shall remain nameless that had wings that I don't know what they were made of, but it wasn't chicken. And I don't know what the sauce was, but it wasn't good. That's what I'm saying. But I don't, I, yeah. I also like the fact it remains that good wings are very, very good. Okay. That was the target take of the week. Before we get to the week 15 slate, if you are looking for a place to make some wagers, DraftKings and DraftKings Sportsbook is the no-brainer place for you because with promo code PFF, you can bet just $1 on any team to score this week and get $100 in free bets if they score. It's that freaking simple. As long as you're a new uh, depositor, that will be available to you with promo code PFF. And if the sports book is not legal in your state, because there are some out there that are not, you can still get in on the action, whether by playing DFS, um, Daily Fantasy Sports. And by the way, PFF has a DFS optimizer for you to make it nice and easy to get some skin in the game and have some fun. Huge cash prizes, plus a free shot and a million dollars for everyone after they make their first deposit. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use promo code PFF, bet $1 on any team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score. With promo code PFF at DraftKings Sportsbook, you must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only. New customers are the ones that are eligible. Minimum $5 deposit, $1 wager required, one per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right. We're into the week 15 slate. We should talk about Thursday night. Kansas City, Los Angeles. In Los Angeles, the Chargers are a three-point underdog in this game got out to about four and a half that was what the this is another example we talked about yeah. this last week of when uh, maybe it was on the pff betting podcast but it was like the one set of new so it was the, it was the chiefs mm. all the all the raiders guys are out one day yep and it gets to ten and a half and then legeria sneeds out the next day and it gets to deck to nine and a half mm. this was one where the rayshon slater covid news came yep. out got out to four Chris Jones' COVID news comes okay. out, gets back to yep. three. And now it does look like, on balance, the Chargers are going to be better off in this one. Derwin James, Austin Eckler um, are all questionable. But for the Chiefs, Legereus need out. Brother got murdered last week. Um, and then Willie Gay is out. And then Chris Jones is quite. Chris Jones is still up in the air. Yeah. Like, that would be a big one. But this game has a little bit of like non-completeness to it uh well, i mean talking about chris jones um you know across the defensive line especially on the interior has not been good 
right? Derek Nottie, just 67th out of 125 defensive interior uh, linemen. And uh, Mr. Jaron Reed at 97th out of 125 defensive interior linemen. The Rashawn the Slater thing worries me, though. Um, his replacement. Trey Pimpkins. That's that's a little concerning. He has played a total of 27 snaps. Uh, five at at tackle and as a uh, PFF grade that has never eclipsed uh, 65 in his in his career. So that worries me because um, it exposes a little bit of um, you know a little bit of the Justin Herbert under pressure a little bit more, uh, even though you know we expect him to like be better than average in most situations when under pressure you just don't know. And um, as you said, Eckler and James, both questionable. That leaves a lot out there. I do think for that reason, um, Chiefs minus three, avenging a loss from earlier yeah, so, in the season is where I would go. So Herbert this season went under pressure, 51.3% completion, 5.8 yards in attempt, uh, PFF passing grade of 50.1. It is, it's actually, interestingly, when we, when we talked about this, I talked about this earlier in the season, it was 5.0. So he's gotten a little bit more efficient. Passing grade's actually gone down through a first interception when under pressure just recently. When clean, I mean, 8.1 yards in attempt, 90.5 PFF passing grade, 25 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Uh, you know, very good. Um, here's the thing with Jones. Jones played half the season at, at or like the first half of the season at defensive end. Um, but when you look among defensive interiors, he's second only to Aaron Donald yeah, in pressures. He's fourth in PFF pass rush grade. Um, he He's a disruptive player. I mean, like, and he's been, like, you. we talk about why the Chiefs have gotten better. I mean, it's been pretty simple. They, they put Juan Thornhill in the place of Daniel Sorensen. They put Willie Gay in the place of Ben Neiman. And they moved Chris Jones back to interior defensive lineman. And then Melvin Ingram and Frank Clark started rushing the pass. Upgrades, upgrades across the board. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, in like five different places. Yeah, and so and so Melvin Ingram and Frank Clark are going to have to make their due. It'll be a Melvin Ingram revenge game, of course. Uh, but if Jones can play, that would be a huge boost for them. The Eckler thing, if I'm, you know, as somebody who roots for the Chiefs as a fan, like Eckler versus Ben Neiman, just like is going to, I'm not going to sleep until that, yeah. until that game's concluded. Um, and, you know, I the, think the, he's going to try and play, by yeah, the way. I yeah. would be surprised if he doesn't. But the interesting thing about this game, so the Chargers are 8-5, and five, the Chiefs are 9-4. and four. But if the Chiefs lose this game, the Chargers will have the same record as the Chiefs and will obviously have the tiebreaker. A 60% chance to win the AFC West, and that would be their first AFC West title since 09. The, the last part I wanted to, to talk about, which is tricky... Chiefs are first in the NFL this year in gaining separation on 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 uh, pass attempts, meaning the only one on 92% of, of passes that that screws up that what the Chiefs are trying to do are the Chiefs. Drops, missed throws by Mahomes, etc. The Chargers are fifth worst in the NFL with more than 20% of their targets are contested. And I think that that's an interesting thing because when we look at the, the Chargers, I think everybody... I mean, you think about it. If Herber was around when we had analytical edging, man, you know, like that that that, that throw he made that that segment would have served. That it would have been called we, the Justin Herbert Memorial. Put, we could just put the video up on yeah, the yeah. screen and watch. Yeah, it would it would have been called the Justin Memo uh, Justin Herbert Memorial edging segment. But Jalen Guyton. But why does this offense sometimes not? Do what it's supposed mm -hmm. to do, right? Mm -hmm. Like, why do the Chargers lose to the Broncos? Why do the Chargers lose to the Vikings? Why do the Chargers lose to New England? 
And it's the little stuff, right? It's it's the fact that they put some they put some of these things to chance by the very nature of how they're constructed. And so this is one place where if you're looking to back the Chiefs, this is a reason. Okay. No Legarius needs a bad one, right? Mm-hmm. But what what do they come at you with? Rash, uh, Rashad Fenton was like the, our highest graded corner at times. Mm-hmm. He comes back from injury, plays the slot, plays okay against uh, the Raiders. Yep. They go with Mike Hughes at the cornerback position. Mike Hughes gets AFC Player of the Week as a as a, yeah. a, a reserve. Rashad Fenton, eighty four coverage grade this year, fourth one corner. And then they back them up with with DeAndre Baker, who is a former first round pick, um, who's a backup now for them. They're deep at corner. Josh Jackson, former Iowa guy, we really liked. Mm-hmm. He's also yeah. one of their backups now too. And the and the Chargers, who's the Chargers' third receiver after Williams? Right. I mean, it's Jalen Guyton, who, by the way, has been good. He's been okay, but like, but like, well, has not graded well, but has had moments down the field where he has played well. Right. That's yeah. what I'm saying. So when you look at that offense, it's Eckler. Eckler's a wonderful player. Jared Cook's frustrating as hell. Guyton is up and down. And then they have two amazing wideouts. But what is the Chiefs defense engineer to do? It's to stop wide receiver play. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and over the last three years, they've been the best at it, basically. Yeah, it does feel play. like a game where this was going to be an Austin Eckler, you know, kind of show. Yeah. He'd be heavily featured. Without Slater and with, um, you know, without, without Slater, that obviously makes you worry a little bit. You don't have Jones on the other side, but... Man, I, I don't know. I feel, uh, especially with the injury, I feel like that's a tenuous spot to be. Okay, we've covered that game. Where would you like to go next? Um, well, let's let's stick with the uh, the games that will be done before Sunday. Let's go to I- Indianapolis. The Colts. The Sunday, uh, the Saturday nighter. Colts. Pay, well, I'm not, I'm not giving UAB versus BYU. Um, New England at Indianapolis. Uh, total on the game forty five. Indoors, both teams coming off of a bye. I know neither team gives you like they both teams buy their wide receivers a target, but mm-hmm. I, I kind of like over now that I, I can be convinced that over forty five is the way to go in this one. Jonathan Taylor, uh, my article is coming out tomorrow. Jonathan Taylor averages. Wait, this is a let's not skimp on this. This is another perfectly blocked runs article. Jonathan Taylor averages almost 10 yards. This article is still causing Mitchell Schwartz to wake up in the middle of the night. Yeah. Sorry, Mitch. (laughs) Thanks for the Super Bowl. Um, Jonathan Taylor's averaging almost 10 yards a carry on a perfectly blocked run play, right? Mm -hmm. Like uh, Damian Harris, Ramondre Stevenson's one of the best backs in the NFL on non-perfectly blocked run plays. Like I know these teams like to run the football. The the issue is is that they're both good at it, right? Mm -hmm. Like they're both like – you know, explosive at it too. Harris had the long touchdown that almost messed up our under yeah. against Buffalo. I think that this game is not going to be like that 17-13 game. Maybe we thought it was going to be Monday when it came out. And our numbers sort of support that. So that that's one way I'm looking at. Um, the other the other part I like about this New England-Indianapolis game is that the total is 45. And so if you're inclined to tease things, so New England out to eight and a half is a is yep. a perfectly constructed Wong teaser. It's really hard to see Belichick get blown out in a game like this. I I can see Indy winning, but I can't necessarily. I have a hard time seeing this be like just a humongous yep. blowout game. So those are two angles in this game that are possible the, from where I sit. The teaser leg is one that I like quite a bit. If you know me, you know I like a good teaser leg. I I think that over forty five. Um, it is a really good spot. And there's a couple of reasons why. The first is both teams rested. Um, 
because of the buy from the, from the previous week. That's exciting. So, you know, pretty healthy there. But the other is that there's this vision in people's minds, certainly of the Patriots in that game, you know, in, in the snow and the wind in Buffalo that obviously went under, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, how like it's kind of a unicorn event where they just couldn't bring the under down for far enough for it to actually make sense. But when you look at the other things that are true that weren't shown in that game, it's that Mac Jones and the passing offense has been really efficient. Mac Jones, 83 PFF grade, 102 pass rating when clean. Um, he's making a big time throw on over 4% of his passes. To put that in context, that's higher than both Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes. Now, he's certainly not asked to throw as much, but he is putting the ball in, in really good spots. And then you look at, you talked about the run game, um, a, a ton of opportunity there for both teams. The, the Patriots have been really good defensively, but against a team that isn't reliant on the pass as much, I feel like that's a better spot to be in. Their defensive line on the interior you know, Christian Barmore, who like really liked as a pick, his run defense grade is 47 7. Um, it's in the hundreds in terms of rank. Um, so he's just making big plays in the pass game. Devon Godshaw is below 65 um, PFF uh, run defense grade. So, like, there's opportunity there. And, um, and, and they take it, right? So, like, yeah. I was grinding the tape. By the way, oh God. I was, I, you saw the Instagram account where I made that video. I did. You made I, it all by yourself, too. And I, was it good? It was really good. Okay. Impressive. Okay. I'm looking for the sincerity. Okay. The, the keeps I, is working too. God damn. Which one am I lying about? I, I don't know. You're one for <laughs> you're one for two somewhere. So the um, but I was like, I watched a bunch of like Jonathan Taylor explosive plays. And they're all blocked up. Like they the the Colts' ability to to execute a uh, a run play is extremely is extremely um Impressive. Uh, impressive. So. Okay, so we have over 45 there. I think that's a really good consideration. The teaser leg there um, as well. What I am curious about is the early the early game on this slate. Okay, so we have. I want to check the weather here. So we have Raiders going to Cleveland to play the Browns. No, um, I believe no Darren Waller in this game. He's questionable. Um, we'll I think everybody's questionable. Everyone's there. questionable. Obviously, the... Um, uh, the, the Browns have a ton of people on um, the COVID-19 list and Kareem Hunt, doubtful. One of the players on the list is Baker Mayfield. But that's kind of my question here is like, should Baker Mayfield really make us that concerned about the Browns scoring points? No, the reason we liked the, the I'm going to call them Oakland until they get over this one total. The reason we liked Oakland uh, was that Baker's not that good, right? Like, why should why should Baker be laying six and a half against anybody? Yeah, so the total in this game, the total in this game, Eric, is 38. 38. Yeah. 38 and a half, actually, is what I'm seeing now. But 38 and a half is, that is so low. Mm -hmm. That's basically New England buffalo in the blizzard now the weather is not going to be great it'll be a little above freezing 37 15 mile per hour winds light rain case is nails though that's the thing i don't have a problem with case keenum in this game i'm not that concerned about it i really am not so 38 and a half i'll take the over thank you very much okay just not buying it it's a good that's a good shout i oh, will and and look if you're gonna 
celebrate the first Saturday of real football, which is what this is, because we've been dealing with brutal college football. I went football to real form. football on Saturday. Yeah, okay. That's right. Yeah, Army Navy. Um, okay. Uh, where would you like to go next? All right. New York Jets at no, – no, I'm just kidding. No, no, There was actually a really good article by Ben Solak about how Zach Wilson has like just not been good. There's like nothing <laughs> nothing redeeming about him. And I feel so owned. I've like I, – I thought – I watched a few of his games and I'm like – I'm just impressed that Ben was able to like, hey, you know what would be a really cool story? Like, Zach Wilson just hasn't been good. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, there's a kinship there, though. Both look like they're 12 years yes. old. Like, like it takes one to know one, I feel like, in the case of that Love article. Um, but, okay. So, not that game. Not that good. game. Good. Let's keep it moving, then. All right. Here's one I like. Carolina at Buffalo under 44 and a half. Interesting. Very, yes. Um, I got burned by the Buffalo under last week against New, uh, Tampa Bay. Um, here would be my concern about this, honestly. The, the Panthers suck. I mean, they suck. Mm -hmm. Cam Newton has an 81 pass rating when clean. But they're going to bring P.J. Walker in, play him a little bit. Both he and Cam are a disaster waiting to happen. And the Bills are in a... We need to like feel better about ourselves. Yeah, they need to they need to increase their BCS rating. But right. here's the thing. I, I I think Matt Rule is coming in here and he's going, Oh no, why did we fire Brady? We fired Brady because Brady wasn't running the ball enough. Not That's what he did last week, and that didn't work. But why didn't it work? Why did they lose? They lost because Cam threw a pick six. Right. What what's the solution for pick six? Phil Walker. More running the ball. Like I think I mean, I know – look. They gave up 29 points to the Falcons. Um, I'm sorry, George. Where are the – the Falcons are one game worse than the Bills in the standings. Stop. Stop. <laughs> and, Falcons, and by the, that's a joke. That's a joke. I, I'm sorry. I also, I also think the Bills kind of found themselves in that second half against the Buccaneers and should have won that game. By the way, so you just whipped out this found themselves thing. I've gotten a few messages from friends who are like, I can't believe George gave you so much shit for saying teams quit. And I was like, I, I was like. That's interesting because I got messages saying, is Eric on? Yeah, I know. It's Bennett. weird. I, well, yes. But like, but the issue is, yeah, it was weird. Like, I, I feel like you don't think NFL teams quit. But you, or do you, but do you think they can be rejuvenized like a game like Buffalo just did? So there's a big difference between it. We were talking about the Jags, by the way, and if you didn't listen to the podcast, you should just go listen to the rant <laughs> about the, the Jaguars. We did, it was totally unintended, and I thought it was kind of funny. Um, the idea of finding themselves, though, is interesting because I do think that there are kicks in the butt, so to speak, mm -hmm. that force teams to do things that get them on the right path. And I actually think we saw that with the Bucks last year when they were getting curb stomped by the Chiefs. And even though they end up losing that game, it they really it helped them quite a bit, yeah. right? They realized how they should play defense against the Chiefs. They started throwing the ball more, started using play action early downs a little bit more. Um, and I thought for the Bills that I mean we have a lot of faith in their offense. Their offense was really good last year. Um, they have not been as good this year, but um, I mean they were they were going up and down the field against the Bucks in the second half. The first half they had three points. I know. I watched the game. That's, what my, that's exactly what I said. Yeah. Yeah, they did great in the second half. I, I think that – I my thing is, is I think in both of our cases, 
most of the time what you and I are talking about, whether it's a team quitting, that's just the Jags being dog shit. And the Bills, like, finding themselves, that's just the Bills' schedule becoming incrementally easier. Did it get easier against the Bucs in the second half? Uh, here, Actually, yes. Yeah. So the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the second half of the 2020 season, so they got the Chiefs, which I, I will... No, no, I'm talking about the Bucs that the Bills played. Well, the, the, no, but, like, it was a little bit of regression, right? And then what we're going to do from that is we're going to take... Are we really going to go back and, and take essentially like that? I'm not saying they're going to be that for two halves. But like, so so here's the thing. Here was the Bucks after the uh, the Bucks after the Chiefs game. Vikings, garbage. Falcons, garbage. Detroit, garbage. Atlanta, garbage. Yeah, Chiefs, garbage. And they kicked <laughs> their ass. So, I mean, like they ran the table from there on out. Washington football team, garbage. They ran. They literally won every single game from there on out. I know, and, but and but I think that, that's more. So what I'm saying is, is they just I'll got con, lucky. I'll concede to you a little. Here it is. Here it is. Eric is saying that the Bucks last year just got lucky and no, won a Super Bowl. I'm going to concede. Incredible. I'm incredible. Concede Coming to from you, the Chiefs fan, I'm shocked. I am stunned. I'm conceding to you that what we view as as a wild card team, momentum on the road. Yeah, they drew Taylor Heineke. I am not talking about momentum. How dare you? The I am not talking about momentum. I'm saying I'm saying that they got I'm saying that they got healthy, which is a fundamental thing. It has nothing to do with getting kicked in the pants. And they they played a bunch of easier teams. And then they got into games that were there were three point dog to the New Orleans Saints. They won that game. That's great. They got a three point dog to uh, uh, the Packers. They won that game. Great. And they were three point dogs to the Chiefs. And they won that game. That's not beyond the wit of a good team. Said that the Bucks was uh, Bucks Super Bowl's a fluke. You heard it here first. Incredible, <laughs> absolutely incredible. Uh, let's go on to. Don't have to give it back. <laughs> let's go. Let's move on to another game here. Um, I, I <sighs> Jets. No Giants. No, it's only a step ahead of the Jets, though. To be perfectly honest with you, and this is the Washington football team. Isn't Washington banged up? Like, is yes. this number's moving out to seven because yes. we might see the Kyle Allen show? We very well might see well, the Kyle Allen seen, show, except you, Kyle Allen is uh, on the reserve COVID list, I believe. Yeah, the Washington football team COVID list includes... Um, Taylor Heineke's going to grade it out, though. Yeah, I mean, Willis Reed, Taylor Heineke, this, me. This, this is a classic. Okay. Everyone on their team is hurt. Terry McLaurin has a concussion. Um, no Chase Young. Following players uh, placed in the COVID-19 list. Kyle Allen, their backup quarterback. Matt Idinitis, who's a starter. Cornelius Lucas. Cam Sims. And then prior to that, it was Kendall Fuller, Jonathan Allen. Like, this is this is the one where if you believe that the market is overpricing cluster injuries, you bet Washington. I. You don't think so. I think Philly is the kind of look. Philly lost to the Giants, so like any anything's possible. But Hurts, I, I mean, here's the interesting thing: Hurts might not play. Hurts might not play. You might get Minshew again. And does the shine like wear off a little bit? I mean, we talked. I'm about sorry. Some, who's the better? Who's the better quarterback, Minshew or Heineke? Minshew. Yeah. Yeah, but he's a seven point favorite. Yeah. I mean, they're There's, both backups. Minshew. Minshew. Yeah. Minshew's definitely better. But I, I think like the thing with the Eagles is what do they do? They kind of grind it out. And it's true, they're gonna want to run the ball, establish and the run. 
but that line, weak link that system line should be should be uh, a little bit back. Those guys, Jonathan Allen, Matt I denied it. Like the the Eagles should be able to run on Washington, right? Isn't Allen eligible to come back? I mean, I don't know. That's part of like the the issue. It's the like, myth. Yeah, like because you have Allen, you have Ioannidis, Vince Young, or sorry, not Vince Young, Chase Young is on IR already. Mm-hmm. Um, so like they're going to be banged up on the on the line, whereas. The Eagles, like that's the one thing that's like the leak. If you bet the under season win total, which I did, the leak was that they're very they're good enough on the defensive front to so or an offensive front to like maul you. Can I ask you a question? Why are the Jaguars favored by three and a half? Well, that's the that's the lock of the week, isn't it? Because I like Houston plus three and a half. I was gonna venture. Can we that. make Houston the lock of the week though? That just feels wrong. Did I did I, did you see this tweet that I sent out? You don't want watch my Twitter. I tweeted out the amount of war generated by every team in the NFL, um, top eight, bottom eight. Mm-hmm. The Houston Texans have generated 0.2 war this year among their players. Wow. Like they are literally a wow. team full of R's. Wow. That's really bad. But, but the, the Jaguars, Jaguars are, are worse. Are horrendous. Yeah. Is this the but like I don't want to get to be the the one that bets against Trevor Lawrence when he goes thirty five of fifty for four hundred and five against the yeah Houston I don't Texans. know that that's I don't know that that's ever happening. Here's what I think. Well, I'll get to what I think we should do in a second, but I'll give you um, I'll give you another one here. Um, our Atlanta Falcons are playing my San Francisco 49ers. in San Francisco. The Niners are a nine point favorite. The total is at forty six. And um, I know that the Falcons' offense has not been the prettiest thing in the world, but I am here for the over in large part because I think that the 49ers, as they have shown previously, will probably have no trouble scoring um, against an overmatched uh, team in, in the Atlanta Falcons. But I'm willing to bet that the Atlanta Falcons, forced to throw the ball to try and catch up, will be able to take advantage of what is not the greatest secondary in the entire world in uh in san francisco okay i don't hate that one i i honestly am rooting like i you know love you to death but rooting for the falcons i'm rooting for chaos in this game i have no problem <laughs> i'm not I, like, there's nothing the wrong over win total would hit yeah. that's a lot of money i'm here for, for the over win total honestly um or over win total would push we need we need one <sighs> yeah. more yeah they get the they get the saints at home week 17 um but also like they, it would tie them like the Falcons would have a 50% chance basically to make the playoffs with the dub here. Uh, it'd be a lot of fun. I do like over, I do like rooting for points there. Um, let me give you Uno Moss and we, okay. we did bet this um, on Sunday. I like Cincinnati Denver over 44. Teddy. Yeah, I'm here for this one. And this was one that I was thinking about too. And I think it's, um, I think there are some compelling overs for the lock of the week. This is definitely one of them. Joe Burrow, a 90 PFF grade. Been really, really, really freaking good. Excuse me. Really good. Um, Coming off of, you know, a couple of tough losses. This is, you know, they kind of got to get it together. And you look at the Broncos and the Broncos offense, you know, they have three, um, sorry, two, um, Receivers, I guess you could say three, because um, Tim Patrick and Jerry Judy both playing well. But like 
Corlin Sutton, Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick are all good receivers. Um, probably not getting like their fair shake, honestly, with Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback. Um, but yeah, I'm here for this. This just feels like a really low, um, a low total in a game that in Denver we're used to like, okay, it's December, like this weather should be really terrible. 58, and, six mile hour winds. Yeah, it's not going to no be that way at all. So. so I'm here for it. Okay, before we choose lock the week, and I have, I think we. By the way, uh, it, uh, a news story has come out. Former Jacksonville Jaguar kicker Josh Lambeau claims he was kicked by Urban Meyer during warm-ups. Wow. The guy just came over there and kicked him. Like, Real kick in the <laughs> pants, huh? Urban Meyer, by the way, can we just, like, here's a little bit of unsolicited and free advice. Thanks. Stop explaining yourself. It gets worse every time. You don't think he's helping his situation? No. <laughs> like, look, the look, if Herb, Herb, look at me. If you want to stay an NFL coach, do you think he does? That's the thing. I don't even think he does anymore. But like, but don't you think he just wants to tend the bar? And if you want to stay an around? NFL coach, Herb, I, I don't want to be a left tackle. Like, don't like. I don't want to hear from you. I, I, it's better to be like. If we get through the next month and no one's heard of Urban Meyer, isn't that the best thing of Can all I ask time? You the question. I think this is a. a a worthwhile question. What do you think Urban Meyer was getting paid with Fox? But I don't think, like, I don't even think that that stuff matters. Like, it does. It, it, it does. Preposterous statement of the week. I have, but I have a question, though. <laughs> what do you think he's getting paid? Like, five mil, maybe? Oh, wow. I think it was less than that. But let's call it a million. Okay. okay. Same order of magnitude. Yeah. So let's say he's making a million dollars a year to literally sit and do halftime for college football for Fox. Versus what is he making now? 10 mil? Yeah. I mean, as like you are basically on vacation getting paid a million dollars a year. You take that over like but the, the grindiest of the grind. Okay, I, I'm back to my statement. I don't think a million dollars matters at, at all to this guy. Like 10 sure. does. 10's a, 10's a lot. Okay. A one is kind of like, eh, I'm just like, but you're on vacation. Have you, have you seen Phil Sims talk on television? I've, it clearly does not matter. I've tried to avoid that. Um, that was an incredible clip. Okay. Before we pick the lock of the week, our friends at Western and Southern want to make you a million dollars. Yes, exactly. And they are doing so by giving you the path to financial freedom. It ain't easy. By the way, that's what Herb's lacking right now, the financial That's what freedom. He like, if he had financial freedom, he could just tell everybody in Jacksonville to go fly a kite. Yeah, he could also but buy He doesn't have Western and Southern, yeah, I, I guarantee you. They could hook him up with some insurance that he'll probably need very soon. Um, but uh, they are giving you a chance to get a completely paid for um, and fully catered game, big game party. It's the party that happens in February around the 13th. Uh, By the way, Urban, you had your chance at this. You just decided to lose all yeah. but two of your maybe games Ur this year. Maybe Urban will uh, will <laughs> enter the sweepstakes. The way that you do it is by asking a question about anything to our main man, Chris Collinsworth. You can do so at westernsouthern.com slash askchris. That's westernsouthern.com slash askchris. And when you do so, he will uh, pick a lucky winner and answer their question on his podcast, Chris Collinsworth podcast on youtube.com uh, and you will be in entered for a chance to win that all expenses paid super uh, big game party you know what i'm talking about so go to westernsouthern.com slash ask chris and get your money right all right lock of the week time i have a proposal i would like to do a saturday 
just a Saturday, we'll call it a, a lock of the week. Maybe we do another one in addition. Well, we can it. have two. There's we nothing against the rules. Nothing wrong with that. Here's what I think about Saturday. UAB plus seven against BYU. Yes, sure. Um, Our I have two options for you. Okay, I have two options for you. One is the a teaser. Teasing the Browns out to seven and, plus seven and a half. Case Keenum, in case we trust. They still have, by the way, I might add, Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett. COVID, and My, COVID was scared of Miles Garrett. Um, with the Patriots out to eight. I call it the Belichick tease. That's what it would be. Yeah. yeah. I like the that. Belichick tease. You could also go over in both games. Okay. So we've got the teaser on Saturday. The, it's of the Wong variety because you're getting through three and seven with both. Yep. The Belichick Wong. Teaser. Belichick Wong. Uh, Browns at seven and a half and Patriots out to eight and a half on Saturday. Okay. I will now defer and let you pick where you'd like to go with the other locks. Cincinnati, Denver over 44. There it is. Cincinnati, Denver over 44. A lot of, lot of options on the board. Go to pff.com. Use promo code forecast to see all of them right up to game time. We love you. Thanks for hanging out.